The ANOC Podcast debuts on Around the Rings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the premiere edition of the ANOC Podcast. I'm Ed Hula. The ANOC Podcast on Around the Rings will be a monthly feature in partnership with the Association of National Olympic Committees, showcasing the work of the world's 206 NOCs. This first edition comes on the anniversary of the ANOC World Beach Games that opened one year ago in Doha, Qatar. The World Beach Games have been in development for a few years now as a way to develop perhaps a more youthful twist to sports, such as skateboarding and kite surfing, that were part of the program in Doha. More than 1,400 athletes from 97 nations took part in the event that lasted five days. Plans for another edition Takeaways from the first ANOC World Beach Games are among the topics we'll be covering in today's podcast with Gunilla Lindbergh, Secretary General of ANOC, a title she also holds with the Swedish Olympic Committee. Now into her third decade of IOC membership, she has been one of the most active members, serving on coordination commissions for numerous Olympics and leading the commission for the 2018 Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Welcome to the ANOC podcast, Gunilla Lindbergh. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. When you joined the IOC in 1996, at that time, the internet was in its infancy and nobody had ever heard of podcasts. <laughs> that was the year beach volleyball made its appearance at the Atlanta Olympics, the first inkling of beach sports in the Olympic program. And now there are beach versions of many of the Olympic sports. Uh, it's an amazing and changing world. Could you have predicted or forecasted something like that in 1996 when you joined the IOC? No, as you said, it seems like a hundred years ago when you look at the technical development and the development in society overall. And uh, actually, uh, you know, we, we uh, the way we were working in the NOCs, um, I mean, until 92, we had the winter and summer Olympics in the same year. We were uh, really didn't have the best computers in the world. We had hardly seen a mobile phone. And um, society has changed. And uh, we are now actually uh, having work now also during the crisis over, over with all these meetings, the virtual meetings. And still, it's, uh, if you look at the games themselves, of course, it has been a development in sports and in disciplines, etc. But, I mean, the concept is still the same. Well, what do you think about development of the beach games? Why do you think there is so much interest in bringing this event to the fans? Why sports on the beach? I think the beach games uh, is a very, very interesting concept because uh, we say it's uh, easy. It's easy with the beach sports to organize. Of course, you need a beach or a sand somewhere, um, but it's not expensive venues. It's uh, a lot of fun. It's fun for the athletes. It's fun for the spectators. It's not so many complicated uh, rules, but it's still a competition. And it's young, it feels like it's young, it's uh, sun, it's a beach, it's water. And uh, as you said yourself, it's more and more sport that uh, didn't used to have beach sports. They are creating beach sports. What was your impression of Doha and seeing the first games? 
from my impression, they were fun to attend, easy. It wasn't a huge event like the Olympics are, making it somewhat difficult to get around usually and other kinds of limitations. Very friendly, comfortable atmosphere, much more relaxed. I guess you might get that with the influence of the, of the beach. Yes, absolutely. And of course, it seems like it's a certain kind of athletes that are doing the beach sports. It's, uh, it's relaxed. They are, it's, uh, it's fun. And uh, it was also for them very uh, interesting to be with the other sports for the first time because those have never been to the Olympic Games. And for me, it was amazing because we had been preparing for quite many years. And then for different reasons, we, we had to move the competition from US to Qatar with only three months of, to prepare. Uh, it went well. And, and for me, just to see the competitions coming up, to see the joy of the athletes, to talk to the NOCs and to be at the chef's meeting where people were happy. It was not so complicated. It was, uh, you could discuss and you, we had the flexibility. And uh, also, the, of course, the IFs helped a lot in putting on the different competitions and the organizers in Qatar did a great job. And now with the feedback we have had, we did uh, a big survey after the games had finished. And I haven't heard anyone who had a negative comment. And that is really good to hear. And we're talking with Gunilla Lindbergh, Secretary General of the Association of National Olympic Committees about the uh, Enoch World Beach Games anniversary one year ago this week in Doha, Qatar. They opened up. Uh, wh why, why beach games in particular for Enoch? Why is that a, a, a good fit, do you feel? Yeah, we, we wanted to uh, have an event of uh, our own, and we wanted to have an event that was possible for any of our 206 member NOCs to put on, uh, not with a high budget and uh, not very complicated. So even the small countries uh, should have the possibility to host the beach games because you don't need uh, all these expensive venues and many uh, things that is needed for, for the Olympic Games. And also we wanted to uh, see uh, some new sports, the young sports, and uh, they have a different concept and uh, easygoing and for people to enjoy in a not too serious way. And I guess that's what you'd be expecting for the next host of the games to be able to, del to deliver uh, relaxed atmosphere, uh, uh, proper support for, 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 for the games. What will go into choosing uh, another host for the, for the beach games? Uh, yeah, we, we were just about to launch the candidature for the next uh, games when the corona came on. So we have now 
the games will take place in 2023 instead of 21, as we have not had time to choose a host for 21. And uh, we will now we will try to find uh, 10 course boards and then uh, which it should be beach and it should be sand and it should be water. And then uh, the next organizer will also have the possibility to choose sports that are popular in their country. So, but, but never, never more than uh, 15 sports. Yeah. It should be still a small competition. I was going to say, how, how big do you want the sports program to get to keep it at a small number also helps keep the, the, the games simple and much yes. less. And that's, that's important. Yeah, that's important. So we said never more than uh, 15 sports. And how about NOC participation? You had 97 National Olympic Committees in Doha. In the Youth Olympic Games, on the other hand, nearly every NOC takes part. What kind of growth would you like to see come to the beach games? I mean, we, we were very positively surprised that we managed to get uh, so many countries from all of the continents because some of the sports were I mean, it's new sports and, and uh, not very well known. But also we were even more surprised that uh, all the, the continents had medals and it was more than 40 countries medaling. Uh, so, of course, uh, that was a very good thing for us. Uh, well, the, you talk about the medals table. Not the usual people were at the top of the medals table. Uh, Spain, Brazil, and Italy were one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. was fourth. Russia was there. But then also in the top ten, Georgia, Iran, and Belarus, countries which yeah. would not normally make the uh, top ten of an Olympic medal table. No, and that was great. And it was fantastic to see that even the smaller team, they, they could compete uh, for the medals. And uh, really, we, we think it was uh, for the sport also, and, and that's what the IF uh, told us. It was a great success because we had, like, like for beach volley, we had four by four instead of three by three. And uh, they were so pleased with that uh, concept. So I think uh, they will even have that for the World Championships in the future. Uh, is there anything that ANOC can do to encourage or increase the, the, the number of NOCs, anything specific that can be done to uh, uh, increase, uh, increase that NOC participation? Uh, of course, we, but, the, but then it comes with, uh, as you said, we want to have a, quite a small competition with limited numbers. And uh, it's the, uh, the quotas and the, the qualification is uh, done through the IFs. And uh, then we have some wild cards we can give to uh, some of the smaller countries. But as a whole, the, the, actually the qualification worked very well. And, and we, we really had the result we wanted. We, we got all the continents and we had uh, many, many countries uh, taking medals. And uh, I think we are pleased with that. We don't really see uh, 
a big, big competition in the future. I think we have a concept that we want to keep, at and least had, for the position. And you had about 1,400 athletes, so that would be yeah. to keep about that same number there. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a broader sense, you, you mentioned the, the influence the pandemic has had just in the selection of a, of a new host for the, uh, for the next games. Um, from your vantage point as uh, one of the leaders of, of, of ANOC and dealing and talking with NOCs from around the world, how are, they, how are, how are the NOCs coping with the uh, effects of the pandemic? You mean in general? In general, yes. Yeah, I, I think it's been a very, very tough time for many of the NOCs. Uh, and of course, we know that the, the virus has hit countries differently, but in some countries, uh, sport has almost been non-existing for a couple of months. It's been impossible to train. Uh, the the uh, costs and the, the finance for many of the even bigger NOCs have been difficult because we have to get have the athletes uh, up there in a good shape and train them and stimulate them. And we have to keep our sponsors for another year. Uh, and that takes a lot. It takes a lot of, of uh, cooperation between the different stakeholders. And uh, also we were very happy from ENOC to contribute with uh, to all the embassies with, with uh, some money because we took what we should have had for the general assembly and we distributed that to the NOCs for the preparation. And also, of course, the IUC has contributed a lot and all the scholarships holders have been able to keep the scholarship for the coming years. So uh, a lot of things has been done but it is tough and it's still still not over. And I think also the, the problems or the, the challenge with the qualification has been a, really a nightmare uh, because most of the events have been canceled, test events have been canceled, qualification has been canceled. I think we were lucky that so many athletes were qualified already when the uh, COVID started. Well, do you think the IOC may need to take a, additional steps with more funding or other programs to support the NOCs on the way to Tokyo next July? Absolutely, yes. That's a decision taken. And how is the IOC doing keeping the NOCs informed? IOC President Thomas Bach just had a meeting with the NOCs, a virtual meeting, one of a series that's been held since the pandemic broke out. What What is the importance for the IOC, for the President, Thomas Bach, to communicate frequently with the NOCs? It's very important because, you know, for the preparations for the Games in Tokyo, all the focus of the 206 Olympic committees uh, is to prepare for the Olympic Games and to prepare their athletes for the Olympic Games. And uh, I mean, first, uh, we did not know if they were going to happen this year. And then uh, we took a joint decision with the Tokyo Organizing Committee and IUC 
that it was impossible to host them this year, but uh, they will be postponed for uh, next year. And uh, that's also, I mean, it's a logistic challenge and it's a costly exercise. And I think it's been fantastic work uh, both from the uh, IUC side with the, together with the IFs and the NOCs and also for the organizing committee themselves. It's not a small event that you just move from one week to the other. It's quite amazing how many people it concerns. Well, for example, the Anak Beach Games were, were moved to Qatar with three or four months notice to the uh, to the organizers there uh, yeah. very difficult impossible to do that on such short notice with something yeah. as big as the olympic games uh, yeah for sure yeah what about any impact on preparations for for beijing 2022 the winter olympics there um uh there soon might be some effect perhaps of the uh schedule um, of test events and other other sources of, of things with uh, preparations for for Beijing and just over uh, a year or so from now. No, but the report uh, that is coming from from the Coordination Commission and from the Beijing Organizing Committee is uh, very positive, and that they they have. Uh, the venues under control and the preparations. And, and as you say, I think it's the test events, but uh, hopefully next year it will be, it will be test events in one way or the other. The, the only thing is if it's the NOCs are able to send their athletes to the test events, but it's been the same in Tokyo. And the main person purpose of the test event is to test the venues and the technique. And uh, they've been able to do that. And uh, I think they are also working, or I know they are working together and they are learning from each other, uh, both the Tokyo and the Beijing Games, because as you say, it's only six months apart. And uh, you feel a, a good sense of confidence about uh, what's being done in Tokyo right now to uh... Uh, get ready and prepare for these uh, postponed games. Absolutely, and and I mean uh, also in Japan itself, the cooperation between the the government, the city, the governor, the organizing committee, everybody is very close together with the big big support and rowing the boat together and. Uh, convinced that uh, it will be good games and we are all convinced it will be great games in Tokyo. Thanks very much for joining us on this initial edition of the ANOC podcast on Around the Rings with ANOC Secretary General Gunilla Lindbergh. Thank you very much for finding the time to talk with us today. Thank you very much. And we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of the premier ANOC World Beach Games that took place last October in Doha, Qatar. We'll be back next month with another edition of the ANOC podcast, highlighting and showcasing the work and inspiration of the world's 206 National Olympic Committees. I'm Ed Hula. Thanks for joining us. Your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.